Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. Spear. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of our Daily Creed podcast show. And today I have a special guest. His name is Dr. Nate Sala. He is a lifelong entrepreneur, awarded educator, mentor, and speaker on leadership and small business expertises. He began his calling as an entrepreneur in tax accounting at age of 21, then founded and co-founded diversified organizations in accounting, real estate, tech, retail, wholesale, digital marketing, and mortgage lending, among others. Nate holds a PhD in leadership studies and taught undergraduate and graduate students for 10 years at Concordia University in areas of business policy, strategic management, and entrepreneurship. Twice honored for excellence as an educator, Dr. Sala is passionate about sharing in the academic and applied space on visionary leadership, formation, and actualization in entrepreneurial context. Personally, Nate is driven to end each day having learned from and helped someone. He is a triathlete, marathoner, proud father, devoted husband, and committed follower of Christ. Welcome, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us on our show. I'm excited about having this, not just because you're an amazing individual, but because you're a personal friend who has mentored me over the past 15 years. And I've learned so much from you. And I know that everyone listening to this episode is going to gain a lot of valuable insight information as well. So thank you for joining me. So good to be here with you, my friend. Yeah. Well, like uh, all, all of the interviews and people that I, I bring on to my show, I always like them to share their personal stories. So I know we kind of talked a little bit about your, your bio and stuff like that, but let's go deeper. Kind of tell us a little bit about your personal story and that led you to what you're doing today. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. So my parents were uh, immigrants. They are uh, Palestinian immigrants. Of course, my family's from all over the Mediterranean. And uh, when they came here in the late 60s, they came here like many immigrants, just eking out a living. And uh, I grew up in that environment. My mom was uh, really the entrepreneur of the family. And so she was a hustler. And my parents, they broke up when I was young and she was just a single mom, just trying to make it, you know? And I watched her just struggle and hustle and try to make ends meet. Uh, she would do crazy stuff like uh, jump out of the the Goodwill trash cans with a bunch of stuff and take it to the flea market and have enough food on the table. I mean, it was like gritty stuff. And I learned, man, there's a there's a resilience there. There's a there's a a, a fire that uh, that caused her to want to make sure she. Uh, made a provision for her and her son. And so that was kind of my model growing up. And then of course I come from a family of merchants. So there are other people in the family. My, I had uncles and other relatives who had all kinds of businesses. So I grew up in that environment. So I grew up in a, an environment of merchants. So, I mean, whether it was a pet shop my mom had or a beauty supply store or, a, you know, a restaurant or you name it, a bakery. And so by the time I was about 12 years old, I had already been fully acclimated to entrepreneurship. And so I was working the registers at the family businesses and learning, really just learning about people, learning about communication, relationships, uh, 
customer service. You know, I was just an observer and just a part of it. But here's what here's the rub. By the time I got to college age, so I was, you know, by the time I got to 18 years old, man, JR, I was so sick of business that I was like, I'm done with business. I've been like, it's, I've been it's all my life, of course, my short life, right? Air quotes. Yeah. So I enrolled, uh, I wanted to become a philosopher. I thought, oh, what's the farthest thing from business philosophy? So I was at one of the local universities here in St. Louis and I started philosophy classes. And then I realized I couldn't, uh, I couldn't figure out what was wrong with the world until I could figure out what was wrong with me. So then I started taking psychology classes. And then I realized neither of them paid anything, so I got a business degree. So I came full circle right around to business. Uh, so as a young man, I was a uh, man. Entrepreneurship was always in the blood. Uh, I had a couple little jobs, but I was running hustles too. I mean, you know, I, I grew up on the West side of Chicago and that's a, that's a rough, you know, rough area. And so then we moved to St. Louis and I mean, I was doing my thing. I was at the flea market myself, but I was selling bootleg cassettes. This is, I don't know if you've ever seen a cassette tape, but back in the day, there were there were these cassettes that were that was they were called bootlegs. Basically, they were illegal cassettes that people would buy, and you always could tell the difference between a, an illegal cassette, like a bootleg, and a real one because the bootlegs they just had this little paper, uh, this little paper showing the the picture of the of the of the artist, but nothing on the backside. You know how when you open a cassette, I don't know if you remember cassettes. But yeah. you would open the backside of cassette and you'd see all the songs. Well, you knew the bootleg. And plus, the bootlegs often had the wording was a little bit blurry. So definitely low quality. But uh, that was, you know, that was the environment I was in. And it wasn't until uh, I was in my uh, early 20s, 21. And I actually, you know, quote unquote, went legit, right? No more flea market stuff and, and, uh, and running silly hustles. Uh, but then I, uh, I started my first real bona fide business. When I was 21, I dropped out of college and I bought a currency exchange, a check cashing business in a rough part of St. Louis, a little area called Baden. It was a, a north, the north side of St. Louis. And I had my, uh, my two best friends with me, Mr. Smith and Mr. Wesson, uh, every time I was cashing checks. And it was, you know, it was, uh, it was, that was the kind of the start of it all, right? A little eight by 10 box. I, it was a it was a metal box that had bulletproof glass, and that was that was how it all got started. You know, yeah, yeah. Now I bought that business actually. I didn't actually start that business, and so I was actually working for my cousin for a couple of years, from age nineteen to age twenty one. And when I went when I learned his business well enough, I thought I'm just going to go out and start my own currency exchange. And he was ready to exit and I was already kind of running the show. So he asked me if I wanted to just buy it. I didn't have any money. I was 21 years old. So I went to my mom, I went to my other cousin and I showed him the PL, the balance sheet. And I showed him this was a profitable business and they gave me the money to borrow. And so I, I was actually shocked uh, that, uh, that they put that, uh, that confidence in my hands. And, and then I, I was off to the races. Yeah, so I, I, there's there's some pieces. I hope you don't mind me sharing, just because I, since I know you personally and, and a, yeah, little bit, man. a little bit of your yeah. story, I kind of want to tie in a little bit because people don't people don't really see all the the trials and tribulation that it takes to get to where we're at. And there's a there's a lot of layers of your life that I know that you didn't really kind of say, but there's a couple things that that are really important that I think the audience needs to hear. You're, I mean, you talk 
on the surface level, just a little bit about what you went through and, and had to overcome, but you didn't have an easy life. I mean, coming from the Middle East and, and as a Muslim in the, in the U- U.S., and then conforming to Christianity later on in life is not easy. And that definitely helps with resiliency. And that definitely helps with leadership and being able to overcome different things. And truthfully, I consider you a very much a success and, and a mentor of mine in my own personal life. And I look to you and you know very greatly in a lot of areas because I know that you've gone through hell to be able to get to where you're at and you pushed it to get to where you're at. So even, even just the resiliency, like what you're saying about like being able to buy this first business at 21 years old, no money, you found a way. And most people don't take what it takes or do what it takes to be able to find a way. They just they give up so easy. They want the fast track to be able to do it, but they immediately think Nate, not, Nate Salah must have had immediate success, woke up one night and just had everything handed to him. But you had to go nah, through Oh, man, that's a good do. point. So, so no, I, man, that's, a, that's a huge, that. huge point. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, it was a struggle, man. And it's a hustle. Like you've got to really figure out who you are and really start with the, the question of who, you know, who am I? Because when I was contemplating what I was going to do, I mean, I dropped out of college. All my other buddies were getting their degrees, whether it was engineering or whatnot. And I was, you know, I was a smart cookie. So I, you know, I was, I mean, I could have gone that route initially. And uh, I decided, no, you know what? I want to be an entrepreneur. And I knew it was going to be harder at first because I wasn't being supported. I moved out when I was 18. As soon as I got out of high school, I moved out and I wanted to be independent. And even at 21, when I start, and like you said, you know, coming, especially immigrant parents, I mean, I didn't really have any backing besides that. And I made so many mistakes, JR, initially early on. It was like, because you don't really, especially in the 90s and even today, I mean, today you have YouTube in other ways. And of course, you and others who can help and coach people. But back then, we didn't have that. We just had like the, we just had to just roll up our sleeves, bootstrap it. And try to figure out a way. And it was arduous. In fact, so, so one of the reasons why I dropped out of college, like most young people who want to be an entrepreneur, is I want to get rich, right? I mean, that was the, that was the pull. And, I, and by the, so, so I started in 95. By 98, so three years in, I was already over $100,000 in debt. So I was going the wrong direction. So I started at 21. By 24, And here's my goal. My goal was by 30 years old, I want to be a millionaire. That was my goal. And back in the 90s, a million bucks was a a lot of money, even by today's standards. And so I'm like, oh man, I'm going the wrong direction. And so I'm making all these mistakes, these rookie moves, if you will. And, uh, you know, I had to do like a gut check. Like who, who, who am I really? Because here's what I thought I was. I thought I was the guy who was going to, you know, be have all the cool toys. So I had, you know, fancy cars, parties. I had, um, you know, when we go out to the, to the nightclubs or the bars, I was the one paying the bill, right? Because I want to look like I was a hotshot. So it was really all the wrong reasons. And uh, it was like totally draining any possibility I had for real success. Because you know what I was thinking about, JR? I was only thinking about me. I was thinking about power, prestige, and position. And that attitude ultimately was leading me down a lonely, dark road to nowhere. And it was, it was, it was an eye-opener. By, by, by the middle of 98, not only was I in debt, but I was depressed. I was just angry with myself because I was just chasing something that was not even a value, right? Vainglory. 
And, uh, and I had to make some changes. And so I really started like, uh, I really started a new search at that time because as, especially as, as business owners, you know, entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs who, uh, who, you know, I, I drive around now, I'll give you an example. And, you know, if I'm driving in a sports car, young, young couple of guys will pull up next to me and say, Hey, cool car. What do you do? Right. Cause they see the car, they think, okay. And I'll tell them I'm an entrepreneur and they say, Oh, that's cool. I want to be one too. But like you said, this is like, this is, this is a journey, right? I've been at this almost 30 years. Not that you can't do it early and do it young, but you really have to understand what kind of commitment it is. Uh, and I, mean, I lived on ramen. I lived on uh, Aldi bread and Aldi bologna because that's all I could afford because every penny I had was going back to my business. Once I was that far in debt, I, uh, I did a 180. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and, and pay off all this debt. I wasn't going to file bankruptcy. So I went on a payment plan. It was like $1,265 a month for 55 months or something like that. And I didn't miss a payment. And then that's really uh, about the time when I met my future wife who helped uh, kick me in the pants and, uh, and really start focusing on what life could look like. Uh, and you know, she challenged me to, uh, to get serious about faith. And uh, challenged me to uh, a higher purpose and a higher calling that was beyond myself to be a servant instead of being served. And man, talk about the change. And then I started changing my business philosophy instead of like self-serving, serving others. Wow. What a difference. Right. And then things started to change. It was gradual. It wasn't overnight. I went back to school. I, uh, I finished my education. So I, I finished my bachelor's degree, which I dropped out on. Then I finished my master's, of course, and I finished my PhD because I enjoy that environment and uh, really started doing business the right way. I mean, and, and I think people listening today know the difference between the hustle route and the route that actually will gain you uh, a foundation that's unshakable. That's powerful. So how many, I mean, you may not you even have this answer, but like how many years or how long did it take you for you to achieve some success or stop living paycheck to paycheck, get out of that hustle and, and, uh, and kind of have that somewhat freedom or success. And the reason why I ask is because I want the listeners to be able to see that it doesn't happen overnight, but it does take time to get to where you're at. So for your situation, when did you start feeling like, Hey, I'm actually getting ahead? Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I started in 95. It was probably, it wasn't probably until 2001, 2002. So this is about six years, six, seven years in. And those first few years were such a struggle in getting out of that hole. And then once I got my groove and I started really understanding how business works, how to position myself, how to, you know, location, 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 right? Of course, today that's different when we're living in a, in a, in a digital world, but that still matters, right? Especially in how we market and how we attract uh, our, our best fit. But uh, all those pieces just took time to develop. Also, you know, the thing that took time to develop was me. I had to develop my own level of credibility and competence and character because you can, uh, you know, you can, you can fake it for a little bit, but People will see through when you're inauthentic and it's better to tell people that you're new and you're getting started and that you're going to make mistakes that people will then buy into you and try to support you than try to pretend like you're something you're not. 
And early on, I pretended like something I wasn't. And then later I actually became that. And then people wanted to do business with me because my character improved, right? Because your character and your competence go hand in hand to make you trustworthy or not. So yeah, it was a good, I mean, and then maybe even a decade in, but here's the thing, even then, because I'm, you would consider me a serial entrepreneur. I mean, I've had real estate and what and whatnot, and you kind of share that in the bio. But even then, you know, I've invested in businesses even throughout that, that period, 15 years in and been successful and totally crashed and burned because I was making decisions based on the information I had at the time, even as a seasoned veteran of entrepreneurship, and they still don't always pan out. Yeah. Um, the, it's crazy. Like, one small decision can either make or break you and it can definitely take you down or it's going to get you up. And sometimes you don't know until you're already in the hole. So no, definitely no. Know that. well, and, and the other part about it is back to who, who you are, see who you are. And there's a, uh, it's in the Latin, it's noche te ipsa, which means know thyself, right? This first sort of stage of, of becoming and believing is, you know, once you determine that you are, uh, a, a lifelong entrepreneur, then no matter what challenge you face, you will have resilience to overcome those challenges, even if they seem insurmountable at the time. Like, for example, back in 2010, I invested heavily in a new technology that, uh, that was supposed to be like phenomenal. And it was like a 4G wireless. And me and my cousin did it and some other guys. And at first it was awesome. And then I went all in, man. I went all in. I mean, everything I had because I was telling my wife, this is just going to be it. Well, it turns out it wasn't. It There was some in, unknown information at the time with the technology that were hiccups and uh, there was just uh, some, some issues that ultimately led to its demise. And it was the first time in my life is like, well, we might have to file bankruptcy. We had to move out of our house and go into live into a little villa. I mean, you can understand just how humbling that is after being in the trenches for, you know, for over 15 years. But I, but what, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is that it didn't change who I was. I was still an entrepreneur. I was just an entrepreneur that knew something I didn't know before this happened. Right. Cause all it does, all of our failures, they're, they're feedback, right? They're not final. Uh, failure is only final when we give up. Otherwise it just adds to the playbook. So when we're, when we're suffering defeat, if you will, for the moment, it's only a battle. It's not the war, right? We're going to win the war. It's just a matter of saying, okay, what, kind of, what new intel do I have to help me to overcome the next set of obstacles? And I think that's the perspective we have to have as entrepreneurs. Any other perspective will ultimately lead us to, uh, to not want to get back up when we face some kind of obstacle. And we have to have the resilience that, uh, that will overcome any obstacle. I don't know how anyone cannot feel motivated after listening to that, that message right there. That's pretty powerful. Um, so kind of leading into what, what you're doing today. I mean, give us a breakdown. I mean, you, we gave some backstory, some of the resilience, some of your story of what led you to, to where you're at. Now tell us a little bit more about what you're doing today. I mean, I kind of know a little bit, Yeah, you but, bet. Uh, kind of anxious. Yeah. So uh, as I said, you know, I've had businesses along the way, many businesses, but the one business has been a staple for me was, is my uh, tax business and accounting and advisory. Uh, so no matter what I've done other than that, this has been the business that I've called my baby, right? No partners, just me. And uh, what I found through it. So over the years, JR, what I found in helping entrepreneurs, small business owners with the accounting piece, they would come into me and oftentimes they say, Nate, 
can you help me to read my income statement and balance sheet? Because I want to, I want to understand profitability, things like that, right? And while that's important, it's essential. Uh, if you're waiting to see your income and statement and balance sheet to figure out whether or not you're profitable, you've, uh, you know, waiting for that lagging indicator, we call it, is you've already lost the game, right? You need leading indicators. You need to know about your mission, your vision, your values, who you serve, who your, 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 your ideal client avatar is, right? How you find people, your HR model, your operations, right? All those pieces tie into the financial piece. So I started helping entrepreneurs in my, you know, in my camp, if you will, uh, to better understand that those metrics based on a lot of what I was already doing at the university level, because I was already teaching entrepreneurship and business planning. I was already teaching uh, undergraduate and graduate strategic management, business policy, uh, professional public speaking, all these courses for, for degree-seeking students. But the entrepreneurs, they weren't getting that high level of, of academic and pra- practical application because they didn't have access to it. Nobody was, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs, they're not going back to school. You know, they're not going to go for a four-year degree. I mean, some will, but the majority of them won't. You know, they're in the trenches. And so what I wanted to do, I wanted to be able to give them access to that high level of, of education from an entrepreneurial perspective, but extremely practical. They can use every day in their businesses. So I started doing that. And so I started supplementing uh, what we were doing from the accounting side to do to work into the advisory side. And it's just spending more time in the trenches with these small business owners and helping them to create organizations that thrive. And so that's been most rewarding, more rewarding than anything else for me uh, to help people in that way. Yeah. And you definitely poured into my life. And so that's a, I'm definitely a testament of your leadership skills. So from, from the leadership standpoint, I'm, I'm anxious to hear more about like your process and your systems. And so our audience, a lot of the people that are listening to this are probably small business owners just starting out or they've been in it for a while and just kind of don't know how to get over that next ledge to the next level. And to me personally, I believe that if there's a hole in a relationship, a hole in your marriage, a hole in your business, it usually starts with your leadership, meaning yourself. And there's three different areas of leadership that I typically teach to all my clients and, uh, and it, it goes, and I use the example of Jesus because what did Jesus do? He went out to be with the father. So he worked on himself. Then he went to be with his disciples, his team. And then he went out to the world and served his clients over the people. So from your standpoint, when it comes to leadership, what, what, where should someone really start or what's your take on leadership? What can they do to improve, to kind of get going? And you don't need to give us your entire system or program, but if someone's listening to this, what is like one to three, maybe takeaways that they can do and be like, hey, you know what? Start this, and this is a good good place to kind of get going. Well, that's a great question, and I think it, I think to to undergird it or lay a foundation for that question, we've really got to like describe and kind of define leadership. And so it's been said that there's been just as many definitions of leadership as there have been those who have attempted to define the concept. And and I'm not going to you know go through all that, but. And I'm not going to try to flex on on what a PhD in leadership might look like because we could talk for you know years. But if I if I were to just break down leadership, is I, I tend to look at leadership has really four essential elements. And so leadership, I believe, begins with discovery. You know, and you and you kind of alluded to that uh, as leaders, and because business is leadership, and even sales, like you know, you say you're in sales. Well, sales and leadership have the identical elements, because as leaders, we have to first be discoverers. We have to discover, again, who we are and where we want to go. And ultimately, 
as leaders, we discover a better future state first in our minds, and then we communicate that better future state. So for example, with a business, right? We have a an opportunity based on a specific skill set, based on our desire, our motivation to help people overcome an obstacle, solve a problem, eliminate, eliminate uh, an obstacle, illuminate an opportunity. And then what do we do next? Once we've discovered that, well, then we create influence by sharing that with others. So the first, first stage of leadership is discovery, which we have to do. And, we, and here's a side note to the discovery. And for any listeners who perhaps aren't new entrepreneurs or perhaps have, have achieved great success, discovery never ends. You know, leadership, uh, leadership involves change. And if there's no change needed, there's no leaders needed. If, if people don't need change, they don't need us as leaders. And so sometimes people don't know the need, the change they need. And sometimes they do. And so this idea of discovery, it, it's the, the most effective leaders and the most effective people in business are, are lifelong discoverers. They're lifelong learners. People that are listening to this, to your program are discoverers right now because they're discovering a possibility for a better future by understanding new ways to do business. So that's step one. And then step two, of course, is influence, right? So as discoverers, once we've discovered a better future state, we want to influence others to, to join alongside of us as we guide them. You know, and that's the way I tend to look at, at business as leadership. We're guides, but it's their story, right? We're guiding people to overcome their obstacles, to solve their problems. Remember what I was talking about earlier is when I first started business, I just wanted to solve my problems. I wanted to solve Nate Sala's problems, but I didn't care about anybody else's problems, which led me to a, a very poor future state for all my stakeholders, right? But if I seek to first solve my stakeholders' problems, my customers and all other stakeholders, then my problems will, will in, inevitably be solved as well. So the influence piece comes in as a second piece of leadership. And then it's not, an, it's not enough. Some people say, well, leadership is influence, but it's not enough just to influence because effective leadership has a third component, which is achievement, right? As leaders, we actually have to help people get there. We have to help people to solve that problem in, in a fundamentally exceptional way. And then the fourth piece of that is it's all wrapped around a sense of shared purpose, shared meaning, right? A justification for the existence of this relationship. So all of that combined, I believe, can make effective leadership. So if I were to just say it out loud, I would say leadership is the discovery of the influence toward and the achievement of shared purpose. And so it takes, it takes quite a bit to make that happen, but when it does, it's quite beautiful. And so when I'm sharing these components with people, like a, you know, a new entrepreneur or a seasoned entrepreneur, it's always the same formula. Number one, do I share a purpose with my potential customer? Am I passionate about them? People say, oh, do you really need to be passionate about it? I would say if you had the opportunity to do business with someone who was dispassionate versus passionate about helping you, all other things being equal, they're always going to pick the passionate person. They're always going to pick the person who's bought in, who's like, this person will not stop until they've helped me to solve my problem. They're all in, right? Be that all in person. In fact, everybody wants a go-to person in a certain industry. Everybody, nobody wants to keep searching 
for that person over and over again, whether it's a mechanic, whether it's a doctor, whether it's an accountant, whether it's somebody in marketing, whether it's a coach, right? So become that person. Become a person where somebody will look at you and say, I need more of you in my life. How can I get more of JR in my life? Because JR solves some pretty important problems to me. So if I were to like say, like, how do you become successful in a business in five words or less, like distilling success? I've thought about this a lot. I would say solve relevant problems with excellence. That's my five, that's my five, my five word guarantee, right? Guarantee for success. Number one, you got to be a problem solver. Don't be a problem starter, be a problem solver. Number two, the problems have to be relevant. In other words, they have to be important and immediately important for whoever it is that I'm interacting with. And then the third part, you got to do it with excellence. You can't be mediocre. You can't, be, you can't do B and C work if you want A results, which means you've got to be an A player. And if you're not an A player today, don't be, don't be discouraged. You can become an A player. All of us can become A players. It just takes practice. It just takes work. That's a lot right there. I feel like I can go get my doctor's degree now, maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's an honorary one from the you know, Great Summit <laughs> University. No, that's, that's some good stuff right there. And to kind of recap, the, what, what I gained from it was four elements to effective leadership, which anyone listening, if they, you gave a lot of information, if they want to break it down, the four things was discovery, influence, achievement, and shared purpose. Um, and of course, you broke that in more detail, but those are amazing things that you can take away. And the other thing that I took away was solve relevant problems with excellence. That's huge because I think anyone that goes into business, and I, I use the example all the time, it's like, okay, you can sell this pen. What problem does it solve? And then you, and be able to share that story of how you can help solve that problem and do it with excellence. And which is kind of part of our creed is like doing everything with excellence and execution showing up every day, um, which brings me to the next piece. So for like you, everything, every time I bring someone on our show, I always want to know like, what is their mission? What is their creed? And that's the reason why I call the show, call this, you know, our show, the Daily Creed Podcast Show, because creed for us and me personally is our core values. It's our ethos. It's, it's a, a way of, of living and it stands for commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. So I want to ask you this and, uh, and get your, your take on it is what is your creed? What is the one thing that you're most committed to? You're going to be resilient to push through, even through the most difficult times. Show up every single day, giving your best and having the emotional and physical discipline to complete your mission. Oh, man, that's a great one. I love it. Well, I just, I just kick it back to Jesus. So he said, if anyone among you is to be great, he must learn to serve. Oh, man. Uh, and, uh, he, and, and so the servant is really the greatest among us. And so my creed is to serve in such a way that uh, when I go to meet, him in heaven, it is a response of well done, good and faithful servant. It all revolves around service. It all revolves around taking myself out of the equation and truly, truly helping others to be the very best possible version of themselves that they can be. That's awesome, man. You kind of make me want to change my stuff. <laughs> and it just, I mean, just, but seriously, I stole it from, you know, I stole it from Jesus. So, you know, I can't take credit for it. Yeah. Well, you know, it, in all honesty, it makes you think bigger, makes you think different. And, and, uh, you know, for the longest time I was struggling to be able to find like what my purpose was. I was like, why can't, I mean, I help people all every day, 
in, in life, in business, to help people find their purpose, their mission, what they're doing. And I struggled for the longest time to really figure out what it is. And then one, one day I was in church and it was just a light bulb went off. And I was like, well, my mission is my family. And, and using the example of Christ and, and what he does and be able to serve, but it's my family and be able to serve them. And that, and it was just so clear this day, cause I was trying to go so deep and be like, well, what is, what is my mission? What is my purpose? And I'm thinking from a business standpoint of, go, of the worldly things, but in reality, our purpose and our mission is the example of Christ. And just like what you said. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and also that's, that's the greatness. So, I mean, Jesus said, if, you know, he said, uh, he who is greatest among you, greatest among you is your servant. And if anyone wants to be great, so he's not, he's not saying don't try to be great. He's not, dis- he's not discouraging it. He said, if you want to truly be great, learn to serve. I mean, that's the pinnacle of greatness. So why not go for it? Mm, that's strong. I love it. So if, uh, if you got to share one last thing to our audience, what would that be? Mm, wow. Well. Uh, topping that's going to be tough. <laughs> I would say, uh, I, I would just kick it back to you and, and, and say how thankful I am for the work that you do and tell your audience to, to stay, stay in the gap with you and continue to work in ways that ultimately will, uh, will leave the world a better place. And I say that because every day someone is having their unexpected last moment. We can agree that, uh, that mortality is, is upon each and every one of us. And I was recently asked by uh, a relative, hey, Nate, you know, you're so incredibly uh, driven. You know, what, what, mot- what drives you? What motivates you? And I, and I just said very simply, mortality. Uh, the only moment I'm guaranteed this side of, of heaven is this very moment. So I want to live every moment as if it is my very last. This could be my very last moment with you, JR. Someone is having their unexpected last moment right now. So why not? Make the most out of it. Don't sweat the small stuff. It's all small stuff in the grand scheme of things and blaze right into heaven. That's awesome. So you're more than an accountant. And one thing that you didn't really hit on is you have a leadership program now and you just launched your leadership podcast, which is awesome, which uh, which I'm really excited about. And here. And then the other thing is you tapped into the TikTok world. I'll say you are one of my go-to people whenever I open it up once a week and I see your, your stories because it's always a powerful message and it's something that inspiring and something of motivation and just kind of wakes you up a little bit to make you think bigger uh, with the things that we are doing. So I, I just want to commend you on that, that you are making a difference and your leadership skills have definitely impacted me of how I do business and, uh, and just conduct myself, not even just on a business standpoint, but as a human being, as a father and as a husband, I mean, you are someone that I truly truly look up to and because you, you exemplify in every single way. You exemplify creed, you exemplify excellence, and you live out what you teach and you preach every single day. So if someone wanted to reach out to you and they want to learn more about leadership, how can they reach you, get a hold of you, learn more about your leadership program, learn more about your podcast? Kind of give us a little, you know, of where to find you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, JR. And it's an, it's an honor to walk alongside of you all these years. And here's another thing for the audience. <clears throat> uh, it, it, Mentorship is uh, such an untapped uh, advantage for entrepreneurs. I didn't. I had some awesome mentors when I was coming up. Still do. And here's the thing about mentors: we want to see the fire in your eye. We want to see the desire to walk in integrity, to walk in 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 truth and greatness and honor as you approach your day. Not only from a business perspective, but holistically. 
you know, with your family, with your community, with your social environment. And we will invest in you. And oftentimes, mentors will invest in you at no cost to you except for your time, which is huge. So just step up and be there. And, uh, and, and you'll find that, that, that opportunity every day. And, and don't stop asking. You know, the Bible says to ask, seek, and knock, right? And keep doing it. But uh, to, to find me real easy, greatsummit.com, greatsummit.com. And uh, we've got some exciting things launching. As you said, the podcast is coming out soon. Uh, and within a couple of weeks, I think, and uh, a call to leadership is the name of the podcast. Again, you can find it at the website and you can subscribe. We've got all kinds of resources, free resources, lots of master classes coming out uh, this year, as well as some different programs on, uh, on becoming that leader, that servant transformational leader that uh, can make a difference each and every day. Awesome. Well, I'm going to post these links underneath uh, this episode on both Apple iTunes and in Spotify. So don't feel like you have to memorize what those were because you'll be able to have it in there to be able to click. But Nate, thank you so much for coming on here, sharing your expertise. I know that everyone that listens to this episode is going to gain a heck of a lot of value. And I want to encourage all the listeners out there that you guys take advantage of reach out to Nate because he can definitely inspire, motivate you and help you with your leadership skills and uh, taking your business and your personal life to the next level. He's definitely done it for me. So I'm a true testament of what he can do to impact your life. So um, reach out to him, follow his podcast, follow him on TikTok, get him on LinkedIn. He does a little bit on Facebook, not so much, but you know he's pretty much everywhere. But uh, everyone listening, make sure you follow him, reach out to him. And until next time, super bye. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with J.R. Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at Fit Pro Funnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear. 